When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. group uh oh, you were thank you uh, presenting there i mean it uh i mean you, number one just the way that you presented a complex idea in such digestible no pun intended no in digestible form uh was masterful uh but also just the content itself and just the title of this uh podcast, as you probably know, is Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And I know your publicist was asking just kind of what's the fit. Yeah. Uh, and the idea that I was thinking of is soul permeates everything. And I mean soul not in a religious sense. I mean in a life, yeah, the, the life affirming, the life giving sense. Sure. Uh, business have it. Trees have it. <laughs> My door has it. <laughs> so to speak, uh, but certainly the human body does. And as leaders, and this is kind of where I was thinking, as leaders, my health and well-being is uh, is absolutely foundational to the health and well-being of my organization. Mm -hmm. So being able to just kind of take that thread and run with it a little bit, I think might be sure. very useful for our audience. And yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I like the idea that... Um, you know, we think, and, and you know, I, I'm a physician and a scientist, but I'm, I also spent 20 years in the business world. And just for by way of background that, you know, um, Ashley Sandberg may or may not have uh, conveyed to you, you know, I've spent the last 20 years serving on the boards of public and private companies. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually a, I'm actually a credential investor. Like I, I'm, I'm very involved in the business. So I understand, I understand the business. I understand the soul of business. And I, I think that maybe one of the things that we could connect on uh, going into this podcast is, you know, uh, as people who run businesses, uh, who are involved with governance and strategy, you know, so much of things, so much of business sometimes seems like goal setting, objective setting, um, operations and processes, right? And yep. you know, you've got a group of people uh, that we recruit talent to really execute along that. But really the soul of the business also involves the soul of individuals. People have to feel it, you know, they have to be there and to be there fully, to be fully present in what they're doing. It's really kind of participating in a hive. And that hive is, is functions at its best when people are both mentally and physically kind of aligned and attuned uh, with themselves, number one, with their community, whether it's virtual or live, um, that's still very important. And then sort of the, 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 the health of the group becomes really important as well. And, you know, there's something that is, um, uh, 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 there's something that is more, 
um, holistic about a healthy community, healthy business community, all operating on the same uh, uh, wavelength. I mean, and you you see this in, by the way, Silicon Valley, you know, when they were doing a lot of their tech work and you had these young, dynamic, you know, biking people. And, you know, there was a, you know, and everybody kind of eating out of the same cafeteria with healthy foods. There's a culture. There's a the culture of health and the health of the the, the healthy culture of a business translates into the, the healthy prosperity of the business as well. So maybe That's we can kind of go kind of riff off of that. Oh, that is exactly where I was hoping we would end up going. And okay. yeah, I like the analogy of, of the of the beehive. You know, Marcus Aurelius. You know, what's good for the bee is good for the hive. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and and you know, we don't have to go here uh, in detail. But you know, if you really think about the 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 hive. Um, well, I, actually, I like to use an analogy of uh, I do like the analogy of the hive. You know, worker bees aspire to be the queen, but but actually, um, from a management perspective, this is between you and I, I guess. Um, everybody aspires to be the queen, but you know, hives don't need only need one queen. All right, yeah. and and most of the worker bees never make it to the queen, although that's kind of like the goal that they're they aspire to. They work hard to be recognized, and hopefully, they'll be the queen. And the queen doesn't even really know that she is only one of a number of queens. So I always tell people like, you know, at least on the, on the kind of the management executive side, you don't want to be the work. Everybody starts as a worker bee. Okay. We all start as a worker bee, whether it's in the mail room or whether it's, you know, like the, the fresh college grad or the MBA coming out to get their, you know, do their, do their first case study. But the reality is, is that you want to think like the beekeeper, you don't want to think like the queen bee. And, and when you do that, you realize you have to take care of the, you have to take care of a colony of hives. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and this is, this is sort of like the, the humorous tidbit that, you know, maybe we don't want to say uh, on the podcast, but, you know, really the, the queen is just a big fat slug that sits in the middle that everybody feeds and takes care of, you know, like you, she's critical, but, but, and although she's the star of the show, Really, it's the totality of the hive that matters. Absolutely. Now, you know, I'm not going to edit this. this. I mean, this front end, I mean, this is gold. So I'm just, we're just going to pick this up and keep running. All right, let's go. Because, I mean, this is exactly what I was hoping to, uh, to work with. And I will weave in uh, an introduction for okay. you about you and whatnot on the front end of this when we do the edit. Um, now, yeah, the idea of, I mean, I, I, I love this, this notion of the totality of the hive. Yeah, your book, um, Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. Uh, I want to be sure that we actually unbundle that because that was what got me so interested in having you on the show to begin with was the, what I thought was a, a relatively, and, and I think more than relatively, it was a very unique approach to drug as a food, you know, which you know, many people understand that drug in, in fact is a food or food, yeah, food is in fact a drug. Um, your TED talk, Can We Eat to Starve uh, Cancer has had over 11 million views. And cancer is a fascinating disease to me. Uh, and I say fascinating in the sense, you know, my late wife you know, died of multiple myeloma um, I've, yeah, I've had a number of friends that have had cancer, but as far as I can tell, it tends to be more a lifestyle consequence than 
Epi, you know, and then, then literally a uh, epiphenomena of, of genetics or anything else. Is, is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, that's absolutely accurate. I mean, look, I'm a physician. I, I, I'm, an, I'm trained as an internal medicine doctor. So I take care of men and women, young and old, healthy and sick. And as doctors, we're trained to identify, diagnose, and kind of go after sickness, cancer being one of them. And what's interesting is that sickness uh, is generally well defined, meaning that you know you ask a doc, you ask ten doctors what is cancer, they'll probably give you the same answer. Mm-hmm. You ask ten doctors what is health in terms of the with absence of cancer, and you'll actually find a different answers or a blank look. Okay, because most people answer health is the absence of disease, but in fact, health is the product, the result of a lot of hidden hard work that's hard, that's comes from what we have inside our body, our own innate health defenses. And in fact, when you talk about cancer, which is feared, right? The word cancer, you know, sends a chill down people's spine. It makes people kind of sweat when they hear about it because it's the one disease that everybody wants to avoid. Um, in fact, the, you know, this is where science shines a Klieg light to for, uh, define what's actually happening. Yeah, cancer is a scary disease. Advanced cancer is a very scary disease, but most people don't realize that our human body is composed of 40 trillion cells. That's more, that's more cells in the body than there are stars in the sky, okay? Um, and uh, those cells are dividing, multiplying all the time. That's how we stay alive. That's why there is a tomorrow for us. That's why we get out of bed because our cells have divided. And all it takes is for one or two of those cells to make a mistake and you've got a microscopic cancer. Now, why does that occur? Think about it. If you ran a business that's a factory to create uh, 40 trillion tennis shoes and they all have to be perfect. The lace holes have to be exactly the same. Uh, the tongue of the shoe has to be exactly the same. The thickness of the sole has to be the same. Anybody involved in, in, in manufacturing will know that, you know, it's just the nature of high volume production that there's going to be some mistakes that are made. So what do you do normally in a factory? You have a operational process to identify quality control, QC, all right? So you pick out the ones that are not actually exactly so, and you pull them off the line. And that's exactly what the body does when it's dividing these 40 trillion cells in this high throughput manufacturing replication process. And our body knows through our health defenses, through our immune system specifically, how to actually spot those um, mistakes, you know, those um, uh, tennis shoes that are not good enough to stay on the line. Those are microscopic cancers that get pulled off the line. So they don't go through our human process to become a problem. Now, imagine if you actually had a problem with QC, you know, the, the, the foreman's asleep or the software has a glitch or somebody isn't showing up for work one day, you know what's going to happen. Those mistakes are going to build up. And once they go through all the way through the line and they get packaged, it damages your brand. And so like all it takes is for that one kind of product to really begin causing a problem for you, right? And that, that's what we're so tied to in thinking about, well, our body is no different, Um our body is uh, vigilant. Its health defenses look for problems, fix them before they come a problem. I talk about the little microscopic cancers that form even when we're children, okay? Yeah. Um, they're like pimples in our body. Uh, we don't, you know, we might see a pimple on our face when we're, when, when we're shaven, but we wouldn't see the pimple on our back, all right? 
but our, and, and that's like how cancers form. We will never see these microscopic cancers, um, uh, but our body's immune system wipes them out. By the way, here, here's a little uh, eye-opener statistic for you. Autopsy studies of people who die in car accidents and trauma, uh, what have you, um, have found that you know these microscopic cancers are around. So in 40% of women before, between the ages of 40 and 50, they have microscopic cancers at autopsy when they look in their breast, but they're not going to, they, they would have never been diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. In 50% of men between the ages of 50 and 60 in their prostate, they have microscopic uh, cancers, but they are not problematic clinical prostate cancers. These are the hidden ones that actually wind up getting wiped out. And then in men over 70, 100% of people, of men, uh, men and women, 100% have thyroid cancers, microscopic thyroid cancers. So again, really? and you know, most people don't die of thyroid cancer. All right. These, and it just shows you how the body does a really good job when we're younger uh, to conduct surveillance, uh, do that defense patrol, remove those bad guys, take the, take the mistakes off the assembly line before it damages the brand. Um, and then actually, uh, and you, we wind up having like almost perfect replication, but even the ones that are silent, they're continuously being taken care of. And that is more of the definition of health. Health isn't just the absence of disease. It's the result of our health defenses functioning perfectly. Yeah, I, I, I could listen to you forever on this topic. I truly could. I mean, I've, I've replayed the, the, the Transformational Leadership Council uh, presentation that you gave probably six times. Uh, it, was, it was that fascinating to me. And the idea, I mean, in, in there is this business analog because this is the solo business. Um, the the self-cleaning I mean, uh, mechanism that we call our body. I'm on the, uh, the teaching faculty of the American Association for Physician Leadership. And your point about... Uh, defining health. I, I've actually asked that question uh, to the docs that I work with. And to your point, I, I get a, just an incredible spectrum of answers you know, to that question. And when I'm looking at them in the context of leadership and working with them in the context of leadership, I get the same kind of diversity you know, when I ask the question, what is leadership? And the idea that I'm gonna, there is, there's actually an embedded question that comes into play here. Hmm. Um, with that variety of answers to health and that variety of answers to the question of what is leadership, there is a way that things begin to work in, in nature that you know, when allowed to actually um, attend to itself, things seem to actually work fairly well. It's the intervention that we introduce into our systems that are not intended for a healthy regime that actually ends up causing us difficulties and problems. And most of those introductions are you know, unconscious, uh, unconsciously done, either from um, an archaic model of leadership that says it's about command and control or a dietary function that uh, epigenetically or even societally says this is the best thing for you to be eating right now. So the, the embedded question here has to do with how do you as a physician, how do you as a, you know, I mean, you're an investor, you sit on boards, how do you actually pay attention to the unintended introduction of a pathogen into the system that can cause difficulties? 
I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. You know, I, it's, that's, a, that's an incredibly important and provocative question. Um, I mean, sort of as somebody who um, sits in a business role, uh, let's say in a director role in a company, I think that a couple of things come to mind. Number one is clarity of mission and process. And I think that's important, whether you're talking about individual health or you're talking about corporate health, you need to have an, you need to know yourself first. You know, um, there was a, a great martial artist in the 1970s, Bruce Lee, who is uh, uh, regarded as a father of mixed martial arts. And the reason he was regarded the father of mixed martial arts is he said, you don't want to actually um, just be wedded to one style of martial arts or, uh, 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 or, or combat fighting. You want to actually be trained to recognize a lot of different skills. You need to have different skills. But though having a lot of different skills doesn't mean you just go crazy all the time. You need to first know yourself and you need to take the pieces of, of by understanding yourself, you find a way to fit into your environment and to leverage what's in the environment. So I think going back to the business realm, and we'll come back to the health realm in a second. I think that, you know, every person functioning in business needs to understand what they bring to the table and match their own clarity of what their strength is with what the business actually needs. So, I mean, I can tell you personally, I, I don't, I, I um, pass on the opportunity to serve on boards in which I'm not bringing something to the table that I recognize, even if it's an incredible opportunity, because that's not a good alignment. So knowing yourself is really important. Now, what is knowing yourself? Um, I mean, these are the analogies of the health to a business, I suppose, is that um, being in touch, being in tune with uh, uh, what your body needs. You know, we've all had this... Uh, uh, experience where, you know, out of the blue, you feel like you want to have an orange or out of the blue, you feel like, you know, you, you just really need to have that one thing. Um, it's your body texting your brain, uh, basically saying there's something missing or there's something we vitally need, go out and get it. And, uh, and, and most of us do, right. You go on this sort of like crazed manhunt for whatever it is that your body's telling you. I got I got I did this, I did that last night. 
I know there's a chocolate bar in here someplace. Well, I can tell you. So the dark chocolate signal is really interesting. Um, chocolate is made with cacao. Cacao is a plant-based food. So although we think about candy bars as sort of a confection with a lot of stuff in there that may not be so good for you, at the the the, the soul of a chocolate bar of chocolate is cacao, which is plant-based. Now, plant-based foods are replete with a number of natural resources that boost our body's health defenses. We've got five health defenses. Angiogenesis, our, how our body grows blood vessels, regeneration, our stem cells um, that can actually help us re revitalize, renew our body from the inside out. Our microbiome, our gut microbiome, gut health, commands our immune system, commands our metabolism and commands our brain as well. It's quite remarkable. Our DNA, much more than a genetic code. Most people, I'll come back to the cancer and genetics in a second. Most people don't realize this, but only 3% of our human genome is actually used to make proteins. You know, the stuff that we think the genes are made, all the rest of it is the, um, the uh, software, the, the code written actually for, uh, to help, to help our, our cells and our organs um, uh, interact with one another. It's sort of the, the business strategy uh, for the entire body. That's our DNA and it protects us. And then our immune system is really powerful. So chocolate, um, uh, cacao has polyphenols, proanthocyanidins. So scientists like me have figured out what some of these things are. And by the way, there's hundreds of unmined resources um, in cacao. We, we tend to identify that one thing, but it's got a little, the pipeline is great in mother nature. And cacao, uh, when we eat it, the, the, the dark chocolate uh, actually feeds our gut microbiome, protects our blood vessel health, uh, 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 protects and mobilizes our stem cells to, so we can regenerate. Uh, and, um, uh, and also it's powerful antioxidant and, and helps to support our immunity and lower inflammation at the same time. Okay. So with all those hardwired health defenses that chocolate has, probably you are responding to a signal somewhere in your body that some, one of those functions was needed. So you set out your your body is kind of uh, your radar is lit up to go look for that chocolate so that your body can do its thing. That's that's actually kind of the body. Um, th that's a hardwired response for you to actually look for um, uh, what 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 it is that you actually need. I always tell people when it comes to health, listen to your body. Listen to the body. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I, I mean, you know, Dr. Lee, I mean, I, I, again, I could listen to you forever on this stuff. I mean, you are just such a font of an, an unbelievable knowledge. And folks, I mean, as you're listening here, get the book. I've got the book, <laughs> the book, Eat to Beat Disease. Uh, it is a fascinating read with more data and more information than you will ever be able, no pun intended here, to digest you know, in, a, <laughs> in, in a single setting for sure. But the implication for how you live your life and as a consequence, how you run your organization is profound. Um, the idea of leadership, you know, the way I've defined it is it's the activity of co-creating coordinated movement in a system that produces the results I want. So metaphorically as a body, <clears throat> co-creating coordinated movement. The coordinated movement piece, you know, how do the various you know, components of my body actually collaborate and cooperate with each other? The co-creation piece for me as I'm speaking with you here and thinking about this, and this is kind of where I, when I started putting together some questions uh, for you here, uh, the co-creation had to do with how I actually uh, consciously and deliberately tend to my diet. 
because I'm co-creating you know, in, in that context. I'm, I'm, I'm helping my body you know, be as effective as it can based on what it is uh, ingesting. And part of that has to do with me being aware of the environment in which I'm living and operating. You know, what, what's needed in my diet to actually either facilitate or counteract some of the stressors that I find uh, in, my, in my environment. Is, is that a, a fairly useful assessment um, yeah, you know, you know, and I and I think it, it is use, useful assessment in and I think that there's so many uh, it resonates on so many levels uh, on uh, on an individual level. So we get up in the morning and, you know, we have our patterns. Right. So whether it's going to a shower, taking a shave, you know, getting dressed, all those things are patterned. The the seeking of food uh, uh is also a pattern and it's an, an important one because we we inherently know every day that we're going to be migrating through the the course of our waking hours um, uh, encountering food somehow it may be a breakfast maybe a lunch it may be a dinner will be a dinner and it'll probably be a couple of snacks as well so we're going to actually navigate through our day on, on a chronological basis encountering food now um, most of us have gotten used to the patterns by which we encounter and what we encounter, and we make some sort of intuitive choices. Some of those choices are better choices than others. And this is really where I think on a business level, you know, if you want to kind of tear a page from the business playbook, um, if you are up on your strategy, if you're constantly paying attention to the environment, you'll adapt to what's in the environment to make better decisions. You're not just going to do the same old plan that you did in 1970 or 1980 or 1990. You know, the business, you'll be put out of business that way, right? So um, the, the, the most exciting kind of um, businesses are the ones that are actually paying attention to what's happening currently, what's out there, and then what their strengths are and what their preferences are. And so my, navigating through the day with food, you know, you know you're going to actually put something together for breakfast. Um, there's an opportunity to look at what's the latest state of uh, affairs uh, for what do we know about something good you could do in the morning. And I can tell you um, from my book, Eat to Beat Disease, and from the newsletters I put out every day that people can sign up for on my, on my website for free. Look, um, coffee has been discovered to be not just an ancient ritual that is uh, good and or, or even a go-to to drink in the morning, but um, uh, we know that coffee has something called chlorogenic acid, natural chemical found in the coffee bean, plant-based food that actually um, protects our stem cells, uh, is a great antioxidant, lowers inflammation, and also helps our blood vessel supply and cuts off the blood supply to cancer. So again, you know, here's a single bullet against a lot of different enemies that we don't actually want to have to deal with. Okay, it comes in a, a single cup. Now, let's let's take another layer that can help us design strategy. What are you going to put your what are you going to put in your coffee? All right? Well, if you add a lot of added sugar, okay? We know added sugar actually compromises your health defenses. So you can use a choose a different sweetener, natural sweetener. You put a little honey, put a little bit of, you know, stevia if it's pure stevia. A lot of different choices or, you know, a lot of cultures, food cultures that drink coffee just drink drink it black. Have it a little bit more dilute or maybe some people really like to have it stronger. Um, now, what about another choice? By the way, we have, haven't even talked about um, buying the bean. Do you go for the conventionally grown or organic? All right. I'm not talking about fair trade. I'm that's a different issue. I'm talking about uh, conventional versus organic. Well, 
you know, honestly, I had my own skepticism about organic for many, many years. Um, but the data I'm seeing from the environment is changing my view. I used to think organic's pricey, it's uh, privileged, um, it's marketing, it's making me feel I'm doing the right thing. But I'll tell you what the horticulturists are finding out. They're finding if you look at chlorogenic acid, the good stuff that you want, that I would want in a cup of coffee, we're just only, by the way, we're still at breakfast, right? Um, uh, is uh, I've got the whole rest of the day to talk about this. Um, that chlorogenic acid, um, actually, when you, what is it? It is a natural insecticide produced by the coffee plant. So when Mother Nature designed coffee uh, plants, when bugs, pests nibble on the leaves and the stems of the coffee plant, okay, it, it views that as a wound and it wants to get rid of those bugs. And so it makes more chlorogenic acid. So anything that gro is grown with natural pests and stuff around them is going to have more chlorogenic acid to resist the pest. Now, what happens when you use pesticides conventionally grown? Well, you're getting rid of those pests, less of a nibble, less chlorogenic acid. Now you're going to compare two products that on the surface look the same. And, and all of a sudden you're getting much more chlorogenic acid in the organic than a conventional. So think about the difference in terms of the positioning. And this is marketing. Now, this is actually a revisit of the reconceptualization of marketing. The first one, the first old conception I had on, on the business of coffee, of organic coffee is, look, have organic coffee because it's less bad stuff for you, less pesticides, all right? Um, uh, more expensive, but it's less pesticides. Now bring it to, the, to, to present day. Now I'm telling you, organic has more good stuff, all right? More good as opposed to less bad. I'm naturally attracted to the more good. That's, that's a message that I can get behind. And so again, this is sort of how the environment is changing uh, to allow us to actually reconceptualize the things we know. If you're, if you're paying attention to this information, if, you're, uh, if you are a consumer of, of, of information that builds your own self-knowledge, uh, if you pay attention to your body, Look, we just like just got up and rolled out to bed to go down to the kitchen to choose the first beverage of the day. And that's the power of being able to be aware and making good decisions. Yeah, I love it. You know, the last TED talk I gave was nature is the ultimate business guru. And the idea was that the purpose of business is to enhance the probability of thriving for all life on the planet. And it's, yeah, you're going to make a profit. You have to stay in business, but if you're actually enhancing the possibility of thriving, you're going to be uh, having more customers than you can possibly you know, think of. So, and, and the reason I mentioned that is is very consistent with your your point here about organic. Um, in this context, it's not about you know cutting costs so I've got a bigger margin. It's about what can I bring to market that does more good than harm. Yeah, you know, enhances the possibility of thriving, and. Yeah, to totally agree. And, you know, I mean, and, and this actually speaks to this idea of um, Mother Nature and why we need to protect our planet as a gigantic, still largely untapped value proposition. It's a pipeline filled with treasure that we can't afford to destroy the basis of, you know, and I, and I think this is where this... Um, uh, you know, here's another kind of like a re, uh, reconceptualization with a rebranding climate change. It's going to get too hot. We're going to lose our uh, shorelines. You know, there's going to be catastrophic stuff. 
more bad. All right. How about if we reconceptualize it to say, you know, actually by being mindful and making conscious decisions that protect our planet, it allows us even more opportunity to mine those resources that are all around us that we want to actually be able to help thrive so that we can tap into them. Right. I mean, it's the same thing. And, and that's, yeah. I think that so planetary health also plays into this, the business health, the community health and the individual health. These principles that we're talking about are all very resonant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really chagrined that we've only got 30 minutes <laughs> to, to talk here. Uh, and that being said, uh, you have a master class that I want to make sure that people are aware of. Can you talk a little bit about not only what it is, but where they can actually find it? Because it's actually a free master class that you know, is, is uh, yeah. it's phenomenal. Well, so, I want to give the background to it first. Uh, yeah. So like every other human on the planet, uh, a few years ago, you know, when the pandemic was declared, uh, I, I set walled into my house, staring out the window, wondering what was going to happen in the world. Now I'm a medical doctor and I'm a medical, and I'm a medical scientist as well. And when someone like me feels uh, at a loss of what to do when it comes to health, you know, that we're like in kind of deep doo-doo, right? Like we're, we're in unknown, we're in no man's land. It's a there scientific were, term. There were deep, no man's deep, land. Deep, what's, what's that? A scientific term, deep doo-doo. That is a scientific term. There's an emoji for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I knew, as well as everyone else, hospitals offer, couldn't offer anything. Health systems couldn't offer anything. Your doctor didn't even want to see you in the office during the pandemic. The pharmaceutical industry had nothing. So we were the, the traditional medical system was drawing a big blank. And one of the things that I realized staring out the window along with everyone else in the world, every other human in the world, is that, you know what, this was a moment where like all this incredible stuff with health, um, which is which is actually really important. Um, sometimes there, they have, there are no answers. And yet all of us had to make that decision three times a day, that navigation that we discussed earlier of choosing what we're going to eat. And in fact, during the early part of the pandemic, what struck me is that we were all kind of like carefully covering ourselves and running out to the store to, to within the shortest possible period without browsing to pick up whatever it is we needed and to scurry back to our homes and lock our doors. And then, you know, we had to prepare dinner, like, you know, back to basics. And so here was this like ultimate um, uh, contrast. We're, we're facing a health crisis the world at large, the medical establishment had nothing to offer because we didn't know enough about the disease. Now I jumped into the fray to figure some things out, but for everyone else, including myself, we still had to eat. And here was that moment where everyone could be empowered with knowledge that should be free, that actually is uh, that uh, to be able to engage in low cost accessible decisions that could be life changing in terms of supporting health and life saving in you know in, in its most uh, pitched kind of context, like in the beginning of the pandemic. And so, what I realized is that part of my mission had to be going out there and using and leveraging this virtual uh, virtualizing world. You know, the Zoom, the 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 boom of Zoom, and uh, 
to, to be able to actually um, use that as a leverage to communicate. So I designed this master classes um, as part of my mission uh, to really, you know, periodically go out there and 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 share, not teach, but share what I knew about how the body is hardwired to defend itself and how foods that we eat can activate our health defenses, including our immune system and lower inflammation and help us resist, you know, um, and help our gut be healthier. And, and, and along the, and along in parallel track, um, uh, what I realized is that, you know, we're also beginning to have research on foods that actually help provide better immunity as well. And so this is basically what I have been doing over the last couple of years, um, coming on uh, uh, in the evenings, doing these master classes, sharing knowledge. It's completely free because I, I really believe that this is, you know, um, uh, this is the kind of information that that ultimately uh, uh, it's priceless. Number one, so there's no amount of money that it would be worth, but it's it's also something that actually pays itself off. It's an incredible resource that if you learn it. You can then put it to work right away. You can then uh, 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 help impact your community as well, whether it's a spouse, a family member, a neighbor, or a friend, and you can share that knowledge. And so scalable impact, which is something I'm really passionate about. So where you find it is, please come to my website. It's at drwilliamlee.com, drwilliamlee.com. You can find me on social. I'm uh, hashtag, I'm at drwilliamlee, drwilliamlee, L-I, and you'll see me talking about new information, uh, new data, new research, um, new recipes, uh, new ideas, new foods uh, all the time. But if you sign on um, uh, for my masterclass, you'll, we'll let you know exactly when I'm actually uh, doing the next one. Now, I will tell you that I, you know, some people really uh, told me that they wanted to take that next step to do a real deep dive uh, to commit themselves uh, to a real life change. And so what I also did is I created an online course for people who really want to do a deep dive. And also, you know, I, I learned how to actually do digital business as well. And so, you know, we, I, I kind of find this adapt, adaptation strategy, uh, knowing what your own strengths are, responding to the environment, finding out how to actually improve, um, navigating through that when, you know, like this is, I think, uh, uh, just a, a, a concept that helps the individual helps the business they work for and, and helps the community as well as the globe. I love it. I love it. Folks, check it out. It is well worth your time. Um, we've been listening to Dr. William Lee um, and I, you know, I can't thank you enough for taking the, the time, obviously, uh, but more than that, just being willing to just so generously share uh, what I know is just a, <laughs> a thumbnail scrape of the information and knowledge that you have to share. So I, I thank you very much. You've been listening to Blaine Bartlett. This is the soul of business with Blaine Bartlett. And folks, uh, I thank you for listening. You can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. Uh, all kinds of resources there that you can take advantage of. And until next time, have a great day and have a great week. Take care.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.